Let's talk digital. We are at the cutting edge of digital tweaks, changes, transformation. A local digital marketing podcast. Conversing with industry experts and getting excerpts about the exceptional. Hosted by Audrey Naidu. Sit back, relax, enjoy. <laughs> well, I'm certainly excited by what's coming up in South Africa in the next couple of months and years. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Digital with me, Audrey Naidu. Thank you for tuning in and let's keep the conversation flowing. As the world moves towards a new normal amidst COVID-19, marketers are also shifting their focus to adapt. We are seeing the pivot to digital platforms as marketers shift their budgets from physical to virtual events. This can be daunting for some marketers to venture into uncharted territories. At the same time, it does present a new set of opportunities for marketers to innovate and be more creative Today we get to speak to a local digital marketing expert, Neo Matteo, who is the Managing Director of Bamboo Johannesburg. Welcome to the podcast, Neo. Hi Audrey, thanks for having me. No, it's great to have you with us. Neo, I was intrigued by a bio on LinkedIn where you describe yourself as a polymath who believes in the power of innovation for growth. Tell us more about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm... uh I'm basically somebody who grew up around computers, so I was very lucky at a young age to uh, get in front of a computer because my mom was like a management consultant and uh, they were throwing away old computers. So I was one of the only people like back in the days of like DOS and, and 286s who had a computer and I was like tinkering with that computer since I was really young. Uh, and then I finished school and then I went on to Vega and then I went on to UJ and I studied various things from branding, anthropology. And I've kind of had a Steve Jobs kind of life where like I'm trying to connect all these different dots, you know, so I've got a lot of interest. I had a music career as well. And then I started Bamboo about uh, six years ago. Um, and that's been uh, a journey of like growing uh, a lot of big brands as well. We've worked with quite a few big brands. We've had the honor of doing a lot of interesting work in digital. And yeah, th- I think the love of computers and the the love of digital kind of uh, came together really nicely into like uh, a software-based uh, company where we have the smarts in terms of development, uh, but we also understand the needs of customers. We understand pain points and we also understand how uh, we can help brands really get into um, the future, you know, with uh, great solutions. Uh, Neo, um, Bamboo Johannesburg, yes. what exactly do you guys do? So we we actually started off, our history is we started as like almost like a brand strategy firm, really. And then like we all realized that the world was turning digital. So I love the saying that like uh, we're marketers in a digital world because it kind of was we looked around and we're like, yeah, this is the way to go. And we really started uh, uh, putting a lot of investment into digital. So we provide a lot of solutions to brands. I mean, we've done everything in the gamut from like creative to strategy, but our real focus now is building platforms uh, and building platforms that help brands connect with consumers in like exciting ways. So we generally build uh, stuff on the cloud and we try to find interesting new ways to really get great software uh, that works in the African and South African context. So that's what we do and that's what we provide at the moment. uh, And that's an exciting journey for us. 
No, sounds amazing. Uh, who are some of the brands that you guys service? So um, one of the, the biggest kind of brand we've worked with was a lot of Unilever brands. So we did a lot of FMCG work. Uh, we do work with Adapt IT, uh, who are listed uh, IT firm. we done work with Argon, who are the biggest uh, black-owned uh, asset manager. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think as well. Tiger Brands as well, 3M. Um, yeah, so so there's quite a few. Uh, Fundi as well, that was a really good one. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of different projects that we do. So we have clients, but we also take on a lot of different projects where there's a limited scope and someone wants us to do something really exciting with them and they partner with us on an adventure. And that seems to be fun. No, I'm always uh, happy to hear local companies actually growing and becoming more successful in South Africa. We need more people like you. Oh. Let's get down to the topic today. Um, when you and I spoke on the phone, uh, I was really interested and keen to understand where your thinking is in terms of the shift to virtual marketing events. Oh. And we spoke about this as a paradigm shift on virtual marketing events. Um, so tell our listeners how you've seen uh, brands shifting from offline to online. Yeah, so um, obviously during this kind of contactless time, we've, we've had to think about new ways of connecting with consumers. Um, I think one of the hardest hit spaces are events, conferences, activations, things like that. That's they probably have had like the most difficult time during this time. Uh, you see, there's a lot of studies coming out saying that uh, digital is expected to do well in this time, while the others are expected not to do so well. Um, but it has also raised a, a big question, which is uh, people still need human connection. People still need to feel connected to other people uh, and not just like through a customer journey that's just a bunch of clicks, but also to have a real human experience. And how do we do that in a contactless world has become like a really big question for everyone. So you saw what happened, like the minute like we, we got locked down, we had Zoom events popping up everywhere and everyone's first go-to was let's get on conference calls, right? To keep that connection with mm. people. but. Uh, what's happened is uh, in that shift, a lot of um, stuff that really made uh, events and conferences and activations really exciting kind of disappeared. Like the, the beautiful branding, the attention to detail. It was like, okay, here's a brand experience, but it's the same as another brand experience because it's just people in their desks at their desks. So, you know, so there's there's not a lot of differentiation. Um, and also, you know, there's, um, there's a lot more to do uh, in terms of getting great data. So all of the things that we know about digital that are exciting need to now apply to these virtual events, you know. And I think we need to start pushing the envelope because they're not going away. Even once we find a vaccine and we're, we're past COVID-19, um, we're still going to be living in a world of a mix of people going to events online and a mix of people uh, going to events in physical spaces. So uh, it's it's just rushed us to get really good, you know, at this. I think I see two reasons for this happening. Is one, you're asking traditional event marketing people mm. to now think digital, which they can't. They're just doing it. Mm. They, they're just trying to adapt 
Uh, and it, it has been a stressful situation for marketers, yeah. you know. Mm. And, and two is if you are a digital marketer, you'll obviously see the extended opportunities that digital present. Mm. Um, so it has been tough on marketers to adapt during this time and they had to do it, you know, quick and fast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you're right. I mean, we we all been exposed to numerous webinars. It's it's yeah. actually uh, events and webinars fatigue. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. It's true. Like, guys, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. So I think we must just choose wisely in terms of what's relevant for us. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? I just want to go into the principles of uh, events. Mm. Events is about building that connection. And yes. you rightly put it, it's about that human connection to people, um, to your customers, to, uh, and I see this predominantly on the B2B space. Mm. These guys are really struggling. Yeah. So uh, when you start to use the same principles of setting up an event and taking all of that time, the process, making sure that people feel wanted and needed and mm. experience. What do you see a digital bringing to the table? Yeah, I think it, it's like, it's super interesting because I've, I've seen a lot of people kind of get into the space and, and just kind of, uh, the, it's about the quickest solution, right? Because the time is representing this sudden shift and everyone wants to, uh, pivot right which is the magic uh, strategic word of the times mm. um, but unfortunately what happens is you lose some of the core principles of what makes an event great right is you imagine why why you'd want to go somewhere uh, firstly you've got to have really attractive promotion you've got to have uh, uh, some kind of spectacle something that people want to see uh, it's got to be presented really well and uh, at an event, you expect there to be control. So the same way uh, there is a, a, a ticket booth and you get uh, uh, allocated something uh, to tell you that uh, you're, you're able to get into an event, the same should apply for a virtual event. Like, I, I, I can't just get a link and I click in, which is why the Zoom bombing has been so bad. Um, I've got to be able to get some kind of verification or identification uh, there's got to be a stage, so you've got to think about how you're presenting your, your your keynote or whatever the core thing you're doing is. Like, what's the setting? Uh, is there production value in the setting? Um, and as well, the experience. So another big important thing is, especially for marketers, is how do we deal with the fact that South Africa doesn't have, like, high-fidelity internet connections? So, again, you may be... Uh, producing this great experience but you're distributing it over software that only supports high fidelity internet connections and then it it, it times out it drops the call so people are having a lot of bad experiences but on, as we know with consumers um, consumers sometimes when they have a bad experience they just keep quiet and they just don't come back it's not like they're gonna spend the time giving you the feedback so I I've just experienced even from a, attending a lot of events how some people think a virtual event is easier when I think the challenge is how do we bring virtual events up to the standard of real events? So someone goes, wow, I just spent two hours somewhere, but I feel like I was completely immersed. I was completely engaged. And digital also presents huge opportunities in terms of the data collection, knowing the consumers well. Um, 
uh, one of the beautiful things I've noticed in virtual events is even how you can block out different spaces. So you can get into an event and you can go this room or this particular area has to do with uh, uh, one part of your business and the other has to do with another part of your business. You can create a 3D virtual space. There's so many amazing things that people are doing that I think we should be looking at it a lot more closely. That's very interesting. Are there any uh, brands that you can think of that are probably getting this right? Honestly, uh, from the top of my head, especially locally, I don't really think so. I think when it comes to uh, a lot of the liquor brands, they've done, they did a great job of kind of taking a musical experience and immediately having like DJ decks and, you know, having screens behind them and streaming that to consumers. Um, but again, like I say, it got so simple because it just ended up being the same. So every single event was just, hey, let's watch somebody playing a DJ set. And I thought, oh, there's so many more engaging things you could do. There's polling that you can do inside there. There's lots of interesting stuff you can do uh, to curate the the experience better for the customer, you know. Um, so I, I, I think they embraced the space a lot quicker. And I think the B2B marketers seem to like have just thought, uh, doing virtual calls with people will be enough, you know? So they kind of just rely on Teams and, and Zoom and, and Skype and trying to just set up meetings with people. Uh, and I think there's, there's a big missed opportunity there to kind of really do great webinars, do great virtual conferences. And I haven't seen a really good example, not to say there isn't one out there, but not, not in my view. That's from a local perspective. What about globally? Globally, um, I think some of the big conferences have done some interesting stuff. Like I saw Adweek has really embraced kind of doing a lot of interesting um, digital events, a lot of different streams. It's kind of like they went very effortlessly into like keeping the, um, the, the audiences engaged uh, digitally, even though their marquee conferences were not happening. So that was one example where I thought they did really well. Um, having lots of interesting websites, locking the content in, inviting you through your email uh, to things that they think you'd be interested in. Like they really kept the connection with the consumer or, or the consumer of their content, you know. Uh, so I thought that was done really well. I like what you're saying because you saying we need to create a 360 experience oh for that audience mm. and not just look at it as a linear event. Yes. Okay, cool. I want to touch on technology because yes. you need something that propels and supports this type of event because you yeah. can't actually orchestrate this Absolutely. on your own. So how is technology shaping and influencing the this shift? Oh, yeah. So there's, man, there's so much technology out there in fact what you noticed like um if you look at the the zoom boom which um, happened during this time um if you think about how zoom was was um conceptualized as like uh, as a, a streaming platform right consumers then took it and started using it to have like calls with their family and stuff like that and they just adapted the technology to their needs they didn't care if zoom positioned itself as enterprise software they were just like hey guys let's have a zoom you know so it was interesting how enterprise tools uh, like skype zoom teams 
started being the way that uh, people just interacted with their families and their loved ones. And so technology has that interesting thing where consumers also start to teach you how or what to build, right? And I think what we need to be thinking about is customizing solutions and not just thinking uh, the platform off the shelf that I can just choose an enterprise license, put my card details and I'm I'm all good. Uh, thinking about like your event experience, how is the content distributed? Are you using a, 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 a content distribution network? Uh, if you're building on the cloud, how are you collecting all of your metadata, uh, doing all of those kind of things that you need as a marketer? Because at the end of a, a, a webinar done on a, on a Zoom call, all you may have is just a little bit of data on your attendance uh, and the duration of people being there. But you don't necessarily have all the deep stuff that we like to mine as digital marketers to understand our customers better. So how do you build a framework where your website meets your, your virtual event and the virtual event has... Uh, dynamic ad insertions has all of that kind of interesting stuff going on uh, to make it rich but also make it meaningful for a a marketer because ultimately your goal will still be to get a sale to engage a customer and how do you still make sure that virtual events play their role inside the broader you know marketing mix and 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 still gets you to your desired goal as a marketer you're going to need to build something like a full cx that really deals with the whole customer journey. And yeah, so I, I implore people to think more custom and to say, look, this is what I want my customers to do. Um, maybe Zoom can handle one component of it, but what else do I need? W do I need to collect their data before? Would I like to survey them after? Would I like to invite them to the next event? Do I want to give them a special on my product because they attended my webinar? Do I... There's so many things you can do as a marketer once you've got an engaged one-to-one -one relationship with your consumer. And I think building custom technology helps you do that. Yeah, I think you, you're now speaking my language and got yeah. me really excited when you mentioned metadata, CX, UI. Mm. Those are big words, Neo. <laughs> yeah. Stop using Those big words here. <laughs> so, and maybe acronyms. Acronyms. <laughs> Please, yeah. let's break down these acronyms. Yeah. Um, metadata. Yes. Tell us what is metadata in layman's terms. If I'm having an event, how do I look at metadata? Yeah, so the interesting thing is, imagine if you are having a physical event, right? And uh, you are standing backstage or at some vantage point, right? And you are able to see how everybody was moving around the event. Like, oh, people congregate around that store. People are moving from this area to that area in this specific time. Or, hey, look, there's a bottleneck there because the passage is too thin there and there's too few people moving across. Metadata is the data of that that we collect from the movements of the consumer in your environment. So it's not necessarily um, the data that they provide us, like their name, their demographic or psychographic data, but it's trying to understand their behavior in a given ecosystem. Um, so we can know things like how many people, for example, are uh, logged on and off at particular times. That can tell us things about internet connection. So we did an event uh, last week, Saturday, and one of the interesting things was we were like, wow, look at this area in Pretoria where we had fans. 
uh, and there were people logging on and off and we realized that there was an internet problem in that area so it's like such interesting stuff because the inferences you can make and the depth of understanding you have of your consumer and the environment is like lying there in the data you know um and it's not even about being intrusive it's about trying to use their patterns and their behavior to understand them a lot better and i looked at some of the consumer profiles that we built over the weekend and i was just flabbergasted at how much we know about uh, each individual just from uh, mining that data and you mentioned cx yes you want to expand on that yeah so that's the customer experience so that's thinking broadly about um what happens in a customer's journey and also understanding what they experience at every point in that journey so um that's a very kind of interesting and dynamic space that i'm really really excited about you'll see a lot of the big uh, software companies in the world are really trying to push their their customer experience suites whether it be your adobe's uh, sap oracle all of them because the thinking on cx is how do i take a consumer who just sees something about me online and how do i make the entire experience from purchasing from uh, putting in their card from uh, del- getting a, a delivery, what happens in the bo- unboxing, what happens in every single step of a consumer's journey and how do we heighten the experience. But more importantly, as marketers, we also want to know which part of the experience has the highest propensity to um, uh, influence my purchase, right? So in some cases, people say uh, on online purchasing uh people generally make their decision to abandon the cart um, when they see the shipping price. So they go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I bought all the stuff for like $40 and then they're like, yeah, $6 more for shipping and they like, forget it, you know? So understanding those little nuances can have a big impact on uh, a bottom line. And even with an event, um, if you think about how an event works, like if you go to a concert and you just watched uh, Justin Bieber and you've got merchandise because you're, you've just been in like this Bieber hype and you're like, I love you, Justin. And then it's like, you've got a t-shirt right in front of you. How likely do you think someone is to buy that t-shirt at the concert than like seeing it on a shelf somewhere later, right? And the CX is thinking, what are also those opportune moments to bring in up, upselling, cross-selling, doing things like that? Um, and virtual events, I think, have an exciting uh, role to play there. Mm. So the three things I took out of what you just said is how do we design and curate the end-to-end experience up front? Yes. Because it's almost like customer mapping. Yes. The user journey. And two is using data and understanding the consumer behavior. Yes. Pre, during, after, possibly. Um, and then um, the third one that I took out of what you're saying is how do maybe we apply the e-commerce principles to this? Mm. And I know it's a little bit far-fetched, but yes. what do we do with this wealth of data? You obviously got customers that have engaged and connected with the brand. Mm. You can't just leave it there. Absolutely. You've got to ask yourself if they are B2B customer what is it they're interested in? Because you need to actually say, how do I close this loop? Yeah. 
and do more with this. Absolutely. So that's the beauty of digital is mm. because once you look at data, you can remarket and retarget to these customers absolutely. by bringing them closer down the funnel. Yes, absolutely. And and I think that's a missed opportunity for marketers right now if if they're not looking at this holistically to say what else can I do with my event. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, we had we had um um uh, like I said, we had a, a, a launch of one of our platforms this weekend, and one of the exciting things I was thinking about was, you know, uh, when you have an event and let's say your event is um, themed. Um, like, for example, we have uh, Obrigado, which is a Latin-themed uh, event. Um, and you, you, there's, there's Latin food and there's Latin uh, drinks, you know. How do you then, like, bring that into an actual purchase, right? So somebody has attended the event. Right there, there's a button that says, look, order um, all of these ingredients, or whether it be on Uber Eats or whatever, to make your own cocktails at home to enjoy while you're, watching this virtual event or you could order like food packets but it's just a click away and an integration an api integration to something like uber that makes it so seamless for a customer that they're like oh this latin event and there are my cocktails and there's everything i need and who who says you couldn't sell them a, a costume to wear it, these things become so exciting when you think about those software integrations meaning that we can produce better experiences for our customers. So it's not just about software, but it's about you know, how easy do we make this and how can we get people to buy more, but also how do we enrich their lives, you know, uh, make the experience better, bring it into their home in a, in a real way, not like it's sitting there in the screen, but, oh, wow, yeah, it's right here. Everyone's sharing a drink. We're all together and we're making the same drink. That's an amazing concept. And, uh, liquor brands who are looking for occasions, that's an exciting space for them. Um, but how is that uh, different from somebody who might be looking at a house? So somebody's doing a virtual tour of a house and it's like, wow, I really love that house. And then a bank says, well, why don't you try uh, getting a, a home loan right now, now that you love this house? See if you can talk to one of our agents in real time about this house that you love and see whether you can afford it. I mean, when you think that way, you start to realize that like the 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 world is so big and digital because we haven't thought about how our physical experiences manifest in this world in our screen generally we just think it's a website and a click through and a this and an mm. ad but we're not thinking about an integrated way of living a digital life you know um which I think is where the future is going. It's just a subtle native infusion of mm. that call to action, yes. which is why e-commerce brands do it so well. Absolutely. You don't know they're there, yeah. but they got you to to take up that product. Yeah, yeah. So we, we need to maybe, that, which is why we need to change our mindset. And mm. it's that paradigm shift of marketers is, like you said, there's endless opportunities mm. for marketers, and um, you can see me jumping up and down, right? Yes. Now, can you? Yeah, 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 yeah. The energies are right there. The energy's there. <laughs> You're getting me really excited. Yes. This is what we should be doing in digital. Yes. Exciting stuff. So you mentioned upfront when we were chatting around bespoke solutions. Yeah. And I know for sure that there are not many uh, companies out there that can offer what you do. Mm. So I want you to maybe take us through that process is when you speak about bespoke solutions, so I would assume that a brand needs to outsource it to somebody like your company. Mm -hmm. 
what do you bring to the table in terms of holistic bespoke solution? Yeah, so there are there are like um, three or four companies that I think are doing well, and I think when you look at the trends, there is a lot of demand for development now in digital marketing, uh, a lot more than there used to be. But again, when you think about bespoke solutions, I think firstly you have to think about um, the ecosystem of technology. And I think that's one of the things that's somewhat missing, which is why a lot of digital marketing had to like ride on the coattails of technology that's being developed at Facebook or Google. So you're just waiting for a new ad type to come out. You're waiting for a new uh, feature to come out and then you bring it into your mix. With bespoke solutions, I think what's beautiful is you can kind of sit there and think, what do I want my customer to experience? Think of that agnostic of any uh, platform and its rules and all of that and really focus on your differentiation as a brand and what you want to bring across to a customer as a digital experience. Um, That becomes really exciting for me because then um, we start to build software and as we build software, there's more places we can integrate it. So software works like that. It's really interesting because someone builds something and then they figure out that it's applicable in a different environment. So you start to build up all of these different assets over time and you go, oh yeah, but we've built something that does secure video streaming. Uh, how do we apply it to an event? Then we're like, oh yeah, we, we can do that. You know, And that's how we've been building over time is building a lot of different solutions but because we own kind of the code base of everything that we do we can integrate almost anything so it's not like everything is being built from from scratch um which i think is uh uh, i think uh, we've been privileged to have the the r d time to be able to kind of really build some robust solutions And I think uh, people need to be less scared of development. I think there's a movement called the codeless uh, codeless movement where um, there's a lot of uh, applications that support you building building software without any code knowledge. And it's just about using your logic and going, okay, if I wanted to create an app, could I just like say, here's my menu, here's this. And sure, maybe you won't get to the perfect solution, but it's worthwhile for us to start thinking that way because then all of us are not afraid of these jargon terms and APIs and JSON and and MySQL and all of the, mm. these things that make us feel like we're not technologists when in reality, uh, technology is just a logical framework. You got to decide what you want to make and then you build it. So I'm excited because I think what we provide is kind of an unleashing of the marketer's imagination, right? So the marketer doesn't have to read what a software platform has to offer them, but says, is it possible for me to take a virtual event and embed this and this and this? Then we go, we don't know. Let's go figure that out, right? And we go on this journey together. And when we do figure it out, it's like, it's spectacular. We've done something that no one else has done before. And I think that's why we're all in digital because we were excited by the opportunity to, be in a cutting edge space where things change and we can do amazing things. And uh, that's that's the spirit of digital. And that's what I love about what we do is we're really inspired by digital marketers because they're all mavericks. They're all pioneers. They're all people who went somewhere where the crowd wasn't, right? And I think we should carry on in that same vein and not let digital become this, 
oh yeah, I know what my plan is. I'm going to do 90% Facebook, do da, 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 you know, yeah. and to think. It's like you copy paste. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, so I think where we, we, we kind of have a, a stumbling block mm. is that word digital marketing. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I would encourage you maybe to rethink that because once people hear digital marketing, digital yeah. marketing has now become traditional. True. So, so where true. have we evolved to? Yeah. What are we now? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, but I think, I think I've been rethinking that term. It's been really interesting because I'm like, yeah, but if you think, if you separate the two words and you really think about it deeply, Marketing is a really complex thing to get right. In fact, businesses that can't get marketing right are not successful businesses, right? Some businesses can get some other stuff wrong and manage to patch it up because they've got customers and they've got revenue. So at the back, they then go get a consultant to fix the... But if you don't have customers, if you don't have income, you don't have a business, right? So if you think about digital being at the heart of a business, that's a whole different way of thinking about it and not thinking how do we promote on on platforms on digital platforms but how do we make digital the heart of the business the heart of the way we view consumers the heart of how we distribute our services if you think like that then digital marketing as a term just becomes something way more meaningful you exactly know? yeah because when we talk about digital transformation digital should be at the heart of the organization Absolutely. because everybody's transforming, mm. then how do we market in a digital age? Absolutely. Which is why digital marketing maybe has lost that meaning because it's now recreated new meaning. Yes. So we might have to just go back to say, okay, what does it really mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like we mean digital promotion now. We mm. don't mean digital marketing. No. Right? Because we're also not thinking about how like e-commerce is a great example, right? Is if you've got your products uh, on Amazon, the data that you have around pricing, right? And pricing is like this thing that people think is not part of marketing when it's a fundamental part of marketing. But digital allows us to know what our competitors are pricing. We, we can start to track them, use like uh, spiders to start to track people's pricing, see how dynamically they're, pr it's, a, it's a core part of strategy. Right to, to, to think about how you're mining data from these places and you're using those insights to, uh, to determine how you price, to determine where you sell, to determine what kind of customers are your, your best kind of customers, uh, who you're losing market share to. Once you live digitally, that data becomes really available and it's no longer about paying huge amounts of money for research and and insights firms who need to go onto the ground and figure out what's going on. But if you live digitally, you're like, I'm sure we could find that information. That's what we usually think. And we're like, could we build a web spider that can crawl this website and put together all of the text? And then we mine that text and we break it up. Then we're like, oh, yeah, here, here, here we go. Here's the pattern here. So people also don't realize that digital has a strong strategic role. They think, oh, it's because there's 14 million people on Facebook. Let's go to Facebook because it's where people are. Mm. No, digital is also about understanding them better. It's also about uh, finding ways to get them. And I think uh, that's why I think we need to separate the promotion and marketing conversation. A serious digital marketer is thinking, how do I use this technology at the heart of my business to transform my customer's experience? Like, 
Hundred yeah. percent. I think you know you've given me an idea for another episode. Yeah, Neil. cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. It's like what is the new role of digital marketing? Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, so I just want to get back to the the topic at hand. Absolutely. So, um, what would be some of your um, suggestions or tips to brands when they take the next step mm. um, when thinking about events marketing now? Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I think, the, firstly, I think it's a joint effort. I think everybody should be invested in digital. So I think it shouldn't be one department's job. So I think that's the first kind of real change that I think needs to be embraced, right? Is you need to get everyone in the room, your events people, uh, your, 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 your marketers, your sales people as well, uh, and, and say to them, all right, guys, so we need to figure out how to do this online. <laughs> right and i think eventers have spectacular ideas um if you look at like uh, a lot of famous vlogs like even if you look at like a uh, uh marques brownlee or linus tech tips or even someone like gary v for example the the way that they think about the production value their sets things like that that's like intelligence that comes from eventing right and sometimes guys who like really like computers and stuff miss that that nuance that like, wow, you've got to have a beautiful set. You've got to have a beautiful experience. So I think there's a role for everyone to play. Um, and I think we need to all bring our heads around that, firstly. And secondly, you need to make a good choice in technology. So um, your technology is going to be your enabler or your limitation. Um, and if you decide to go with a very simple software suite, unfortunately, you're going to you're going to be limited, you know. So you've got to make the right technology choice, uh, I think, is the next thing. And then the third thing is don't just think about the virtual event. Please map out the whole customer experience from end to end and test that whole experience. Um, everything from how someone logs in to um, how you're also collecting their data. I've noticed that, like, a lot of uh, the data collection forms don't seem to be, like, Poppy or GDPR compliant in the way that they ask for our data. And I'm like, those are small details that could really hurt you in the future. Um, so also be careful to, 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 to map the whole journey and to tick box every part of the journey and go, I really love that, uh, down to the event itself, right through to how you're collecting data and reporting it and how you're going to retarget those customers with more amazing experiences. Um, so I think those are the th real three things to get right. And I think you need to uh, have somebody who's responsible. So that's either through a partner, um, partner with a company like ours, or even if you um, elect someone internally in your business to be almost like the, the master of that process to kind of go, all right, how do we make sure that our transition to virtual events um, works? Um, yeah. And again, uh, another thing I've noticed is just try to um, try try not to have too many things happening at the same time. I usually think it's best to build a framework that's robust enough for everyone to work in so that even when you get your data back, you're comparing apples and apples. You don't have some people doing stuff on Zoom, some people on Teams, some people have built their own forms in their own virtual environments because, you know, eventers do have like digital RSVPs and all of those kind of things. Now there's data sitting in that environment. I would suggest being in one cloud environment and uh, having all of your uh, software running off one environment so that it's easier for you to collect data across your organization. 
especially when you're big, mm-hmm. especially at an enterprise level. You don't want the complexity of every eventer using their own software, every uh, activation specialist using their own way of collecting data. You don't want that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you've touched on something that uh, we missed during our conversation that is around governance and privacy. Yes. And if you start looking at enterprises, that is critical for them to sign off on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, which might be the reason why they're hesitant in using third-party suppliers. I mean, you right. and I that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's data privacy is critical. Mm. Um, and and uh, I think you've given our listeners much food for thought, Neil. Thank, Thank you. you for that. And and in closing, I just want to ask you, if you had to do one big thing to accomplish for the rest of 2020, what would that be? I think it's probably, in our business, I think it's, um, we've got four exciting platforms that we're launching. Um, just getting those into market, um, for me, is really exciting and seeing like uh, people uptake. Uh, our first one, Made by Africa, is out now. Uh, and we've gotten some amazing feedback. So I'm just excited to see the other three platforms we have in the pipeline in the market because I also think uh, it's exciting for users, you know, to tell us whether we're right or wrong. Uh, we've been in boardrooms so often talking amongst marketers and figuring out whether we think something's going to work or not. Um, I think sometimes we have to get to the wisdom of the crowd, get the platform out there and then see people excited by it, you know, Um so uh, that's that's that for me is my big goal for the year, um, and I think through that we will build confidence in local developers. You know. Mm. So um, now, how can people get hold of you? Yeah, so it's easy. Um, you can just uh, email info at bamboo.joburg, um, and yeah, it'll get picked up immediately. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show, uh, which was very stimulating, and Thank I thoroughly you. enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Audrey. Thanks okay, for having me. Bye. Bye. We're excited. You're excited. I really value and appreciate your support during this time. Helping decision makers navigate the change and to keep some change in their pockets. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow our Instagram handle at talkdigitalza. Engage us on our website at talk digitalza.co.za And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.